1: Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans.
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of RedAndBlueArmy.co.uk, and, and it's time to build you up to Everton away. Sam heskiff and Albert curly along for the ride as we discuss the injury crisis that is plaguing sellers Park, playing against Sam Allardyce for the first time since he departed, and much, much more. Max from the Toppy Blues will be joining to give us the opposite review and we'll hear from you through the medium of predictions. As always, before all of that, head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast.
1: There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia, Homophobia. doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud Palace.
2: Yes, welcome Sam and Albert. Um, we'll call this group therapy this week, I think. How does that sound?
3: I don't want to worry anybody, but
2: I'm starting to feel my hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's not your wrist injury that holds, the, the wrist that holds that mic up while you're doing this show, I think you're all right for now.
4: No, it's I'm the quite other- glad
5: you clarified what that wrist joke was there, Terry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. The injury crisis is huge, and we'll, we'll tuck into that um, a little bit further down in the show. Uh, but one thing that it has had me doing is looking at the free agents that are available. And <laughs> Usually free agents are available for a reason, and it's usually because they're um, shite. But um, Samir Nasri is on there.
5: Heskiff. He's only 30. Surely he can do a job still. Yeah, get him in. His, his name. His name starts with Sam. <laughs> That's it. That's all That's we it. need. That's all we need. I'm Albert sorry. We've been lighting
2: it up in Turkey as well. Um, now, Sami Nazri was involved with some um, unscrupulous stuff once upon a time on Twitter. So I thought I'd ask you about this because, um, well, you know, and um, <laughs> he went for a massage or something. Do you remember this on Wasn't Twitter? Wasn't
3: it some sort of injection?
2: <laughs> something like that. <laughs>
3: yeah (laughs) administered Uh, by what can only be described as um you know the kind of nurse that you might see in a short amateur film on the internet for example (laughs) not one you see down Hemel Hempstead Hospital no offense to any Hemel Hempstead nurses (laughs) listening
2: (laughs) (laughs) um but yep in terms of football inability though I mean as I said 30 years old um he went to Turkey. Maybe things just didn't work out for him there. Has Premier League experience at good levels. Um, I mean, is it similar, Heskif, to the Adebayor situation? Do, do you just take a punt as a sort of low, low risk? You're
5: only a small amount of money. We need the players in the squad.
2: I mean, I think he's at
5: a higher level than Adebayor. Um At least he's sort of been playing at a fairly decent level. I think the Turkish league is all right. Whereas Adibayor was just knocking about at home um going to the cinema measuring his friends he wasn't really up to much um whether he was better or not than kevin doyle is you know the, the another debate but i think Nasri, i don't know whether we are interested in him or whether it is serious or anything or maybe someone just mentioned it on twitter but yeah, he's a good player i don't i don't see why if it is an option we shouldn't look into it um, I think he could do well. We need a number 10. We need anyone, really, actually. Number one. No, we, <laughs> we need we need <laughs> 10. Two. We need 10, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't see why uh, we should be looking at it, if it's an option.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, if he's going to come in and he'll, he'll apply himself maybe perhaps try and get one more big deal out of football. Um, again, I think it's... It's relatively low risk for what will be I guess not a small amount of money, but you know, we need players in there. We need bums on seats at the moment. Um so I was quite happy when I heard that. Uh we'll see if it comes true. Um we've also had main stand planning permission has gone in this week. Uh Albert, you excited about the main stand? Do you think it will happen?
3: Nothing, nothing gets me more excited than planning permission. Uh <laughs> I don't know, really. I, I was at the game on uh, Sunday, wasn't it? And you sort of walk round it, and you think it's a lot of uh, it's, a, it's a lot of work, isn't it? So uh, I don't know. I, the, I, there was a, I can't remember his name. He was the sort of local councillor that was sort of trying to jip parish off before they announced the plan, saying they'd not heard anything, they'd not been consulted. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're actively trying to support it. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if their word is. Um, is good because if planning's got in they've got to start thinking about it so fingers when crossed I've... it's got it's going to ha- it's got to happen in some form isn't it it might not be as grand as those lovely visuals and um, mm. paint but something's got to ch- change around there
2: yeah a bit like when ron nodes put in that fancy model where the the ground looked like the homes there all the way round And then it somehow manifested itself into a few golf courses. I don't know how that happened, but um, (laughs) um, we'll leave that one there, allegedly, obviously. Um, And then last point, (laughs) the grid girls went from Formula One, but Palace have said they're keeping the cheerleaders. Um,
5: Sam, how do you you feel about that? I I don't really have an opinion, to be honest. Um, Get off the fence. (laughs) I just... I, you know, I don't really pay attention to them. At half-time, my wife stands with me at football. <laughs> uh, she'll be listening to this when it goes live. So I support whatever she supports.
2: Okay. Albert?
5: I'll tell you we will be chuffed. There's, there's a bloke
3: about... <laughs> he's, he's two or three two or three rows in front of me. I, I'm in um, block blocky e of the Holmesdale, like 19 rows back. So he must be right, sort of 15, 16. Without fail, every game, he gets his camera phone out and he films, their, films them when they're down in the, the corner waiting for the players to come out. Without fail, every week. And he's got to the point where I want to ask him what he's doing with that footage. Because, you know, it's the same every week. You know, quite far away. Uh, so, you know, he, good for him. You know, he's, he, his routine isn't going to change. I Listen, it's, it's a hot topic, isn't it? I think, you know, they're they're doing it. They're doing it to promote themselves. Obviously, the club get a bit of sort of limelight out of it and they seem to enjoy doing it and they don't look like they've got a gun aimed at their head. So, you know, crack on.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, back in 2012, I did the... um, Was it? Yeah, something like 2012. Yeah, 11-12 season. I danced with the cheerleaders at halftime on a Tuesday night at home against Barnsley when there was about 9,000 people there. Because- I was there. Yeah, funny
3: enough, that bloke was filming that as well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I started to get really concerned. Yeah, I've still got that skirt, so you know, if for a bit of extra cash, I'll put it back on for him if he wants. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, obviously, we did a couple of training sessions with the girls, and some of the squad's still the same. Now I think there's a couple who are still the same, but I'm sure it remains the same now. They're very dedicated to it. You know, they put a lot of effort into it, and they enjoy doing it. Um, And for everything that gets talked about and how whether it's sexualizing women or stuff like that I've, i haven't seen a single person go and ask a crystal if they want to carry on doing it or not or an f1 grid girl if they want to carry on or doing it or not you know um so it's an interesting one i i, I don't i don't really know how i how, where i stand on it um as i'm with heskiff i don't i don't stand there and look at the cheerleaders although Producer Sam tonight said her dad's going to be chuffed at that that they're remaining. So, (laughs) but yeah, I don't know. I just just wanted to gauge some sort of opinion. Really, I'm I'm going to kind of sit on the fence. I think. One thing, they're in. You know, you never hear any of them being out injured. So maybe you know the (laughs) the
3: first team could learn a thing from them. You know, their injury record seems to be quite good.
2: Yeah, they probably just steer clear of Doctor Zaff, and that's that's it. (laughs) Um, Right, um, we're going to go for a short break, and then when we get back, we'll be talking to Max from the Toffee Blues.
1: Every pitcher tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio.
2: Okay, we're now joined by Max from the Toffee Blues. Uh, Thanks for joining us, sir. No
4: worries, mate. Thanks for having me.
2: Of course, mate. Um, Now, um, Sam Allardyce is where I'm going to (laughs) start. Righto. Righto, yeah, indeed. Um, What's the general feeling about him at Everton at the moment?
4: Um, of, of course. When um, I think it, for any team, really, when they're associated with someone like Sam Allardyce, it's, all, it's also it's always met with a healthy dose of uh, skepticism, because mm. um, if, if your board goes to appoint someone like him who's got a reputation as being like a relegation specialist, you 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 have doubts about your your board's ambition, and um, that that it's really been the it's the case now, really, because I know we could get off to a good start, six games. Unbeaten, but now the, the tides have really turned and his, his limitations as, as a manager are really starting to show. And uh, Everton just looks really too big of a book for him at the minute.
2: Yeah, it's, it looks like from the outside in January, he went about trying to do the right kind of business to try and add some pace into your team. Um, how did you feel your January business went? Um,
4: the, the, the January window was good. But in a sense, we were in a position that we really shouldn't have been in. And we didn't replace Lukaku in the summer, which of course, if you you know someone of his calibre and someone of his goals, if you don't replace him, you're always going to struggle. So obviously, we brought in Cenk Tosun from Turkey, who, who's rumoured to be struggling to adapt to the Premier League, as has been the case with a good few of our our summer signings as well. And, it was, it was, yeah, in that sense, it's been an okay window. It would have been better if it would have been rounded out with a left back because we, you know, we're playing a, a right back at left back effectively, and it's um, it's an area where opposition teams really seem to target as of late, and it, you know, we're um, we're being damaged because of it. But um, you know, they, they are two. Well, I'd say two. Walcott and Tosin. We did bring in Mangala uh, on deadline day. But uh, particularly Walcott is, is a signing that we're excited about. So January, you know, it, it was quite good.
2: OK, so Cenk Tosson was obviously heavily linked with Palace as well. And um, there was a there was a couple it looked like Allardyce just um, took our scouting from Palace and said, I'll just try and sign him at Everton. <laughs> but yeah. um, so obviously we were heavily linked with Tosson, And you're saying he struggled to adapt There is Has he had many minutes?
4: No, I mean, he, he came, he started against Spurs away at Wembley and that was just um another typical away performance for Everton. Mm. You know, we we failed to turn up on the on on a big stage and you know he didn't look too bad. Um there were a lot worse performers there, but Allardyce really just doesn't seem to have faith in him. Um as is the case with a good few other signings that we've made. Um he played a bit against West Brom again, was substituted off by Allardyce and uh, Allardyce um um gone for Omaniash up front, which uh, a lot of Evertonians aren't really happy with because for all Omar work effort, he's not um, he's not the most technically gifted player. Um, mm. although he has scored some important goals, we really do want to see this 30 million pound man show us what he's got.
2: Yeah, that's it's true. I mean we've got our 30 million pound man who's misfiring at the moment, so <laughs> we can mm. sympathize there. Um where do you see beyond this season with Allardyce? Is it a case of you you just want him to do a job, keep him in the division, you know? Because when he came in, that was the case, I guess, and then part ways and move on to someone else, or do you think he's going to be there for a bit longer?
4: Um, well, the, the the overriding sense is that we really hope that he does move on. Um, as I've said, it, it, it's too much of a big club for him, really, and um, for the ambitions that we had in the summer. You know, really, we really hope to assault that top six and try and. Break into that top six, and it just hadn't been the case because the players just hadn't seemed to gel, or um, I, don't know, just, I don't know. There's just don't know. There's numerous I- I insights that Evertonians have as to why the season hasn't gone as planned. But in, in terms of Aladice, mate, we really just do hope that he moves on
3: because
4: yeah, that... he he just seems to be this relegation specialist, and that seems to be his limitation. Really, he doesn't seem to be capable of breaking that glass ceiling, which a lot of Evertonians were hoping of.
2: Yeah, no, I was in the same boat at Palace and I (laughs) we don't really have a glass ceiling that we was aiming to break. (laughs) I just wanted him out, do the job, get in, Mm -hmm. get out. And um, I was happy with that. But (laughs) moving on to Saturday in that sense, um, where where can Palace hurt Everton?
4: Um, As I said, we're we're playing a right back at left back who... uh, it's not, to say, it's not to say the lad's underperforming. I mean, Kuko he, Martino, he's playing the best that he can. But it's just clear to see that the lad's not in his natural position. He's caught out no, numerous times positionally. Um, the, because he's played there for so long, there have been some slight improvements. But, um, I don't know, we, we talked about it yesterday. I, I, can, I can see this game being a real scrap, to be honest with you. Um I think because Palace have got a tough run of fixtures coming up, I really do think this is the game that they Palace can look at and think that they can win, get points on the board. Um, A stat that really surprised me, Everton, I haven't beat Palace at home since 2005. So oh. it just seems to be one of these games that we really struggle at getting around. And it really wouldn't surprise me if Palace can get the win, to be honest.
2: Yeah, it's, it, it might... In my entire adult life, my first ever game at Everton was when I was 15 in the 97 season. Um, and we won that 1-2-1. One, one, uh, Attilio Lombardo and Bruce Dyer, and I think Duncan Ferguson scored for Everton. I think, yeah, 2005 is mm-hmm. the only time we've lost there in the whole time I've been going Palace, which, you know, historically for most teams, is quite a difficult place to go, you know. So it's a very, it is a bizarre stat indeed. Um, yeah. So prediction-wise, are, are you optimistic for an Everton win or are you going to be happy with a point?
4: Uh, no, in in that sense, mate. I, I, this uh, obviously coming off that five-one loss at Arsenal, it's just a matter of how we respond, really. Because if we if we respond in the positive way, we've we've you know, we've got some players of a high caliber there. You know, I think everyone knows what Wayne Rooney is capable of uh, of playing like on his day. Gilfie Sigurdsson. You know, just players like that, if they turn up, they can, they can win games single-handedly. So, if Everton do turn up, I, I said before, I was discussing the game earlier with my me, me mates, and I, I think, you know, we, we, if we perform well, we can, you know, we can put it to bed and we can outclash it in that sense. Of, I'm hoping for a 2-0 win. But, as as I say, again, it, we could respond to this negatively. And of course, I think Goodison Park is going to be a really anxious atmosphere. So, you know... Uh, I'm hoping for a win but it really wouldn't surprise me if the result goes another way
2: okay so 2 we'll we we'll put you down for a 2-0 and um, <laughs> I obviously hope that you're wrong uh, but anyway look, mates, Max mate thank you so much for joining us and um, uh, I'll put all this if you look out on our social medias um, I spoke to Max for the Toffee Blues yesterday so that will be up on YouTube for you to view there talking about the game from a Palace point of view so thanks for joining us pal and we'll speak to you next season
4: Cheers, mate! No worries. All the best. Homestale Radio Preview
1: Podcast, crowd funded by Palace fans for Palace fans.
2: Right, so thanks to Max there, um, our Everton fan. Um, very different to the American we had on earlier in the season for the return leg in Jerry. He had a name, thank you. Yeah, he <laughs> did. <laughs> Jerry. He was he was a nice guy, but um, you know Max is from the same sort of um, parish, I guess. So. We'll get Jerry back next year, I'm sure. Um, As for this weekend, then, uh, we have to start with all of the injuries. Uh, Which one should we start on? Have we got got time? Well, I (laughs) don't know. We might have to do this as sort of like when the podcast comes with an appendix and you can actually click to certain times to see which injury we talk about. Um, We'll start with Wilf. Uh, Roy's called him a quick healer, Albert. Uh, We're going to need him to be, right?
3: Uh, yeah, listen. You don't. Nobody wants to hear the news that Will Zaha is injured. Whether, even if it's for a game, we rely on him so heavily. You know, he's he's our spark, isn't he? Like he's just. Our, you can use all the words: talisman, superstar player. You run out of things to say about him, and it's only compounded yeah, by the fact. Out of that,
2: things to say there, did
3: Well, <laughs> I was. I thought I was making a good hash of it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's only compounded by the fact that there's no one else to bring in. You know, if yeah. Sacco was fit, you'd go, oh, you can play Sacco out there. He's not as good, but at least it's something. But there is quite literally nothing. So it's it's double double depression on that, on that front. Uh, I think you just have to shift a few things around. And Christian Benteke really got to step up now, hasn't he? Bless him.
2: He certainly does. Um- Heskiff, do you buy that if he was going to get injured, this is the best time for him to be injured? You know, on the grounds that we've got some really tough games coming up, followed by a bunch of, you know,
5: those games that we like to call winnable but never win. Yeah, um, I, was thinking, I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. Um, echoing what Albert says, you, don't, you never want to be without Wilf. But I guess the argument is, you know, we're not going to win these games against Chelsea and Man U and Tottenham, so it doesn't really matter. Not with that attitude, we won't. Christ! <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, you know, Wilson's sort a of player who can, as we all know, make something out of nothing. So, you know, I, I want him playing in those games. I want him to give us a bit of a spark, and to, you know, he, he's carried the team for quite a while over the last few years. And you know, if we've got any player that's can that can turn it on, you would say it's going to be Wilf. And what's frustrating is. You know, his form was a bit off the last few games, but the second half against Newcastle, I thought he was really good. You know, he was back to attacking defenders and he was getting a lot of uh, lot of joy, getting a lot of balls in the box. And it's typical that as he starts to find his spark again, he's out injured for a month or six weeks, whatever it is.
2: Yeah, I thought he was tremendous in that second half against Newcastle. um To the extent I actually started to feel sorry for Yedlin, that right back, because he gave him a torrid time, bless him. But um, yeah I mean I think you're both right there's never a good time for Zaha to be out um, I think with him goes our chances any chance we would have had in those tough games against your Liverpools Chelsea's United's whatever so I don't know we'll we'll see how it goes but we need him back we really got to hope he gets back for specifically specifically talking that Huddersfield game would be fantastic although of course if Huddersfield beat United in a cup that one gets moved to somewhere else so how, how many
3: games between now and the Huddersfield game
2: um, I, I think it's five, so which are e- Everton, Chelsea, Spurs, May United, and um, is then is it then the Liverpool one? Then Huddersfield, I don't know because there's like there's a lot of breaks coming up because we got knocked out of the FA Cup early. But yeah, as I say, if they the Huddersfield game moves anyway, if they beat United in the next round of the cup, so that that one's not set in stone yet. It's but like listening listening to Max say that they are playing a you know
3: square peg in one of their full back positions you you know you go great that's ideal for and you got to say well and it's like uh yeah <laughs> uh, he's going to have a game of his life on the weekend now um
2: and Martin Kelly getting injured is another one that's happened since we last spoke obviously you know thankfully we still have cover, cover somehow at center back despite having loads of injuries at center back but obviously with Mamadou Sakho coming in it's it's not a huge disaster he he'd arguably be there anyway so we we'll just away days are great
1: but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. delivery you win order now on the McDonald's app
0: we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Bloss over that one. (laughs) Um, But the other big news, and Many people outside might not realise how big news this is with Spironi getting injured and being out for a couple of months, which now we are a Hennessy injury away from not having a goalkeeper because the development squad goalkeeper also picked up an injury this week in Dion Henry. (laughs) Of course he did. What's he picking that up for? But then (laughs) what the... um, Do you know what the biggest thing about this is has led me to looking at... um, Emergency goalkeeper loan rules.
3: If you're going to suggest Sammy and and Gaul, mate, just
2: move on. <laughs> Get Clint Hill back in. He was amazing. But no, um, because we have open spaces in our 25-man squad, we will not be granted an emergency loan goalkeeper. We have to go and sign one on
5: the free agency market. I've got a name. I've got a name for the free agency goalkeeper. Go on. John Solarko, because he played a goal and saved a penalty. So, arguably, he's
2: better now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, that's why I was saying Clint Hill, we played in goal for like a 20 minute period when Sprony went off to get his head bandaged up once and made a blinding save from a one on one. I'll never forget that. Everyone's standing behind a goal singing England's number one. <laughs>
5: Plenty of options. We're going to be
3: fine. All those all those people that have been really slating Hennessy, saying, we, we'd be better off playing with no keeper. It's like, we might, we might, we might actually find out.
2: <laughs> just like ice hockey it, just like, take the goalkeeper out. But, um, you know, as much as we'll joke about it, this is a very, very sen- serious scenario. And almost to the extent you're kind of like, should we even allow Hennessy to train? It's that much of a dilemma because... He trains? <laughs> If he picks up an injury, it's not just the fact that we're left without a goalkeeper. We have to dip into free agency and then we have to pay that person wages. And what was the entire reason that we didn't buy Vicente Gator was to save a few pounds to have him in the summer, where we could have saved a few pounds and get him at a cheaper price when he's out of contract. And we're going to go and just spunk half that money on having to bring in a goalkeeper because of injuries. And of course, no one could have known that Spironi would get injured, and then the development squad goalkeeper would also get injured. We we don't have that kind of you know hindsight when it comes to the transfer window. But everything that we didn't do on deadline day it seems to be coming back to bite us in the arse now, and it's going to reflect. Sorry, really- which
3: deadline day are you talking about?
2: i <laughs> <laughs> um, specifically the one just gone. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we have to leave the other ones where they are in the past. <laughs> but yeah so it's going to be you know it's going to reflect really really badly on everything that happened on the 31st of january um but we'll obviously have to wait and see where it where it goes um okay so Alexandra serlota 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 serlota
5: he's not injured as well is he no not yet (laughs) he's quite tall he might play in goal
2: he can, maybe he could, yeah. Um just his jaw would probably save most things. Um He he'd be the equivalent of when your mate asks
3: you to turn up, you know, I well, we mate, we need a player on Sunday League and you turn up and then all of a sudden you're in goal. <laughs> like you been probably you'd be saying yeah, you might get ten minutes at the end and then you turn up and you're the keeper. That's like when, that when we when we told him he was our number
5: one target, we meant i get called number one. Yeah. Sure. <laughs>
2: Yes. Um, does it? Does he play this weekend, Heskiff? With with you know, obviously Zaha out, Sacko out. I, I'm struggling to see how we don't play him. If that I actually, I reckon
5: he starts on the bench because I I think Roy will play Jimmy Wide and Gyro in the middle. Um, would well, switch be... to like a four-five-one. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine. I'd be fine if he did start. Um. Because you know it, it's sort of an unknown factor. It, he's obviously never played played for us, so everyone won't know how to deal with him. Apparently, he's actually quite pacey, which is good, uh, which we need. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I just think Roy will be a bit more cautious to start with, and then maybe if we need him, we'll we'll bring him on. I think I think he'll get some minutes. I think he'll mm-hmm. play at some point, but I don't think he'll start. Well, obviously, won't get any
2: minutes if he's on the bench because Roy Hodgson has forgotten the electronic ball to make subs, <laughs> it, it doesn't work anymore. Um, I mean, the uh, the review show, there was some, some quite great debate on the review show this um, this weekend, just gone uh, notably about Sir Lottes not getting on and um, also about whether Hodgson's using his subs enough or not. Um, Albert, is... <laughs> Were you? We'll start with were you? Were you peed off that Sir Locke didn't come on on the weekend?
3: Uh, I wouldn't go as far to say I was peed off, but I would, You know, ten minutes from the end, I certainly would have chucked him on. I, you know, I, I couldn't. I couldn't find. Uh, I know the argument was on the review show. I know the argument was, well, chuck him on and risk it. And it's like, well, yeah, you got, yeah, chuck him on. And like, they could, they could, they could escort. They could hit us on the counter with him on the pitch which they tried a couple of times they could have done it you know Mm. I I, I, I personally like I say I I thought it was mad to not throw him on for 10 minutes
2: yeah I thought Ed got a bit of a hard ride on there with poor old Ed three against one but I I was I was with Ed as well I mean you know if it's if you're not going to if you're going to take a risk at any point why is it it should be against a Newcastle team at home that's trying absolutely no ambition to even get into your half, really. Again,
3: in one of those games that we we always talk about, those winnable games that we don't win, it would have been nice to see us go all out to try and win one.
2: Yeah. I Actually,
3: I am pe- now, now we're talking about it, I am peed off about it.
2: <laughs> Apparently so. So does Sir Lot start for you in this one up front with Ben Teke? And- no. <laughs> no, I,
3: no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't start. I wouldn't start him. I, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you're asking me to judge a player who I've seen little of. I'm assuming because he's tall, you know, he's going to be my, you know, your head goes instantly to oh, he's a target man, and that's almost the role that Benteke has been asked to do at the same time. And I don't see how you'd accommodate two of them in the team, especially when you don't have your most potent supplier of getting the ball into the area. On the pitch, so I, I, I don't know how you'd make that work. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably put my name down for um Sam's four-five-one, and then yeah, maybe swap him out for Benteke, or, or if we feel like just chucking another forward on, and Kabayan rarely finishes at ninety minutes these days. So mm. I probably wouldn't chuck him in from the start. No.
2: Well, apparently he can play wide left as well, or wide. I don't actually, I don't know if that's wide left. Apparently he can play wide as well. But um, I mean, I don't know if that's Conor Wicken can play wide. Sort of, he can play wide <laughs> or um, not. But um, in my mind, I have Tor Andre Flo. That's oh. kind of how I feel it, like he will. <laughs> but that's just, that's just what I think he's going to be like for some reason. Which wouldn't be a disaster, you know. He was a he was a good finisher, Tor Andre Flo. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, one option we could have. Um, in another 4-5-1 is that Gyro Riedervold has played left-back in the past for Ajax. So, um, there could be an option there to move him left-back and put PVA further up the field as a left-winger. Um, I don't know. Well, I'm sure Hodgson's aware of the versatility that Riedervold has and what he's played in the past, but whether he wants to risk that in the Premier League, I don't know, and upset that back four, which, you know is fairly settled since the injury of that. I know Sacco's coming back in for Kelly, but, you know, Timothy fosse and Patrick van Arnholt have been getting all the minutes because of the injuries and so on. So, I don't know. It's, it's just an option that's there. And then that way you can sort of get MacArthur in alongside Benteke, who I thought did a sterling job there in the second half against Newcastle and has done a few times in the past. Uh, I'm getting sick of the Benteke bashing, I'll be honest. Yeah, Benteke bashing was... Um, was on in high season, shall we say, on the Sunday. It was on point. It was on point. <laughs> was on point. Um, Chung Young Lee's been piping up, saying that he's he feels like his World Cup place is at threat. Um, <sighs> does
5: it, does he get in the team, Heskiff? Um No. Uh, I, I know Carl Davis who will be listening to this. Will rejoice at me saying that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't hate Chung Lee. I'm, he's sort of like the Crystal Girls of the team. I just don't really have an opinion on him. Um, I think I read somewhere that he's got more assists for the opposition than he has for the hope for, for <laughs> us. This um, it's probably true with that defence-splitting pass at Burnley. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think he has enough impetus in a game. Like he, he's all right on the ball. He doesn't really get tackled that much. He looks quite comfortable, but he doesn't really do anything with the ball when... I think if, if, especially when we're playing away and we want to hit teams a bit quicker, um, I just don't, I don't think he's going to offer us anything, to be honest. Um, so he wouldn't, yeah, he wouldn't get in the team. I don't even, I mean, I suppose he gets on the bench by default because there's no one else. But um, yeah, I, I don't really see him as the answer to any pertinent question. For a bit of fun, Albert, what about Jordan Much Is he closer to the starting
2: 11?
3: There is nothing fun about what you just said. Uh no, he doesn't. No, well, no, 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 no. Hang on, he shouldn't. Let's put it that way. He shouldn't. But we, you know, he, he's on the books, and we're we're struggling for players, so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Cheng Lee, he looked good for twenty minutes against Bristol City, or however long he got before he went off. He was he was our best player, him and Sacco, on that night. But listen, that all ended terribly. Um, but I, I, what, I t- what I find interesting, just to flip it around on you, is we, we're we're not talking about the new signings, the other two new signings. Um, mm-hmm. There's just like there's no talk, there's no talk of them, and it's like, well, why not? You know, if we're going to chuck in, I'm going to use the term waste man, like Jordan. M- if Jordan, Chung and Ching-Yon Lee are in for contention, when we know their Palace careers are over, if not hanging by a thread, um, you know, why aren't we mm-hmm. chucking in the the new boys just to? Just because what? we've just
5: signed them. Like it's a good I mean, point. Especially especially because Rakip scored, didn't he, for the for the under 23s. Yeah. And also big shout out to Yarrett Yatt getting booked as well, which is the most important part of a centre back's get a you know debut for the club. <laughs> um Yeah, but I mean the, the thing I noticed about Rakip's goal, um, it was sort of from the edge of the box, and you just think, you know, we don't really have enough shots from the edge of the box. So like Albert said, you might as well put him on the bench and then if he comes on and, and Digging out a goal from like 30 yards then it's it's worth it
2: isn't it do you want me to be controversial I think they are, the two players were just signed and posed out to be big looking players on all the social medias and stuff like that just to make it look like we got some bodies in I don't think Jack's going to be anywhere near the first team for any sort of period of time you're talking about who's who's he dislodging at centre-back James Tompkins Mamadou Sako. Well, one it's of them the will change it soon enough. Yeah, but but this is it's, you can say that. But like on a serious note, I just don't think he's he's going to be one for the future. And the whole Erdal racket thing is just bizarre. Like it's so bizarre that we've loaned the player from a team with some sort of weird buying option for a sort of amount of money that he should never be worth. And he's he hasn't even made the bench yet. We've only got him on loan for half a season. What are we supposed to be doing? I think Chris talks about this on the pre on the review show as well. It's just it's a very, very bizarre thing. And I just think they've just bought in two players just to get anyone in just to make it look like we signed some players. Um I don't know if anyone else shares that opinion, but <laughs> that's where my head's at. Oh he's
3: so cynical.
4: No more mentioning hands- made today.
2: <laughs> I'm all, I'm always miserable. Um, right, we'll we'll end that there, and then after this short jingle, we'll be back with predictions.
3: What's happened to turn your heart so cold?
5: all <laughs> week on the pod with me.
2: <laughs> That's it. It's finally just cracked. Right. Um oh yeah, let's just go straight into this <laughs> and get it over and done with. Right, yeah, so there was no well, there was sort of a preview pod last week, but um nobody got any predictions right anyway. So we won't we won't go into those. Um this week we've got Chris Hambo Hambling, Nick G and Mikey are all predicting wins from the Homestale Radio Parish. Uh, Ed, Patrick and Tim have got draws and Alex Penge are predicting a loss. He's the only one predicting a loss, actually, unless one of you two will, which we'll get to. Um, thanks to everyone who responded on Twitter. Um, Ashley Hammond has said, hate to say it, but I think we'll lose 2-1. But Sirlock to get off the mark with his debut goal. Uh, Robert Harmon said 2-1 Palace and uh, Ken Paul has said 2-1 Palace with a surlot winner and Nick Howard has gone 4-1. Um, Seems to be a fair amount of optimism there, <laughs> despite all the injuries. Fools. Uh, which way are you leaning, Albert?
3: 1 uh, 0 Everton. They, they, they've just been absolutely tonked. Allardyce has come out and already slated the players. Former manager. it has got 1 0 loss
2: written all over it, I'm
3: afraid.
2: Do you think that that 5 that 1 loss at Arsenal was. Kind of like the 4-0 we had against, was it Sunderland under? Sunderland. Yeah. Do you think that's, that, that's their one? Because all their fans are walking out a hard time you know. Um, we got spanked 4-1 at Arsenal the other week. And um, granted, some of our fans did go out back and just drink beer for the rest of the game. But I don't think anyone walked out of the stadium.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't recall the aftermath of the Sunderland game for us. I, mean, I, I don't recall Sam Allardyce coming out and being so scathing about his players. Um, while well, simultaneously just saying, well, all I did was ask him to try and copy Swansea and they didn't do it. Um, so, I, you know, I I can only see them having a, a real a real rock up, the proverbial, and we're going to be the ones that suffer that and it'll probably be Umar again. Mm.
2: So a few more people from Twitter. We've got Stephen Kingdom, the guy that cycled to every game last season. He's gone for 1-1. Oh, here we go. This is some better ones. 3-0 to Everton, <laughs> the better ones. I don't mean it like that. Nathan Counseline's gone 3-0 to Everton. Uh, Nav has gone 1-0 to Everton um, with an 85th-minute goal. And and more 3-0 Everton's, more 1-0 defeats and 2-0 defeats and the likes of Ben Long's, Upper Tier Steve and Will Hamilton there. Um, Pff, Heskiff, are you going to brighten up? No, of course I'm not.
5: Um, it's it, I Um, well, I, I always feel—I'm sure fans of every team feel feel like this, but you know, we we always say if a player hasn't scored for ages, they'll score against Palace. In the same vein, I think if you've just got smashed by someone, the one team that you're you're guaranteed to get a result against is us. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think Walcott and Nias will score and we'll lose two 0 We'll we'll. We'll let in a goal. We'll play all right afterwards and then not score for like 10 minutes to go. Um,
0: um, I,
5: must, I must give a quick shout. You were talking about the Everton fans leaving the Arsenal game early. Um, so as people who had listened to the pod beforehand may remember, I was in Lisbon, yeah. my uh, anniversary holiday, and I got inundated while sitting in a beautiful restaurant with lovely sunny you know sunny facade in front of me I got inundated with texts from my even more miserable mate Dave um, who went to the concourse after 13 minutes took a long lens uh, picture of Hennessy with an expletive underneath it and then <laughs> remained on the concourse for the entire duration of the game yes that's um, correct so I, had, the, I, ended I ended up drinking with that. him after the game <laughs> yeah you did well Best of luck to you for that, because I turned my phone off and enjoyed my holiday, so I appreciate (laughs) you taking the opportunity, mate. Yeah,
2: and uh, I was in Lisbon this weekend, just gone, so what did you think? I I really liked it. It
5: was right. Yeah, lots of hills, right? Lots of stairs and uh, hills. Lots of stairs. You sent me, or you, you put on Twitter, a picture of some stairs which look really dodgy, and I'm fairly sure me and my wife went down those the week before. Um, amongst various mattresses and drug paraphernalia, <laughs> it was ugly. It, it, remi- it actually reminded me of the alley uh, that you walked down from Cello Station. So if you can <laughs> picture that, but with sun. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
3: it sounds lovely. I have to get the details.
5: <laughs>
2: um. Right. So the poll on Twitter this week, the three options were good is Sun Park. Is that working, Albert? Yeah. No. Nah, nah. Respect the point. That works. Allardyce. That totally works. We'll sick, take that.
3: Sick of
2: hearing that. Nine out. What do you expect? <laughs> so, thirty-one percent have gone for a loss. Nineteen for the win, and fifty percent of people sitting on the fence, which is just where Albert likes them. Um, <laughs> and. A big shout-out, finally, Nick Houghton. He's gone for one Palace win. It's his 30th birthday on the day of recording, so a big happy birthday to happy you, mate. Birthday.
3: Happy birthday.
5: Happy birthday. You must be drunk.
2: We're spending the weekend up. Um, he's hired out a whole pub in Derby where literally the, you just get the pub, including the alcohol that's in the pub. For, for 28 quid. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So um, I dread to think what state I'm going to be in come Take Sunday. <laughs> Right, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? To tweet
1: us now at Whole Radio.
2: Well, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, Sunday review show this week. Uh, who we got on? Hambo has Nick D.R. and a newbie called Stefan with him. Now, I'm wondering if that is Stefan who stands a couple rows in front of me at Sellers. Um, I'm not sure, but I think it might be. He talks very well, so if it is him. I'm excited if it's not then this other Stefan has some to live up to um Billiams off doing something this week. God knows what he's doing working apparently or something you know I mean what do we pay him for <laughs> I know we don't pay him anything no. uh, so thanks to uh, Samantha for producing in the background today Samantha what what's your prediction for the game come off mute tell us
1: Oh, I'm so bad at predicting things.
2: Have you have you go on the prediction spreadsheet that we have and look at all the red on there and see how bad everyone is? It doesn't matter. <laughs> that is true.
5: Predicting you'll be right. I've gone slightly optimistic. I go. I'm going two two. Two but two. I, okay. It'll probably be Everton own goals by our scoring rate. <laughs> okay,
3: you should have you should have predicted another injury if you wanted to. A... Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yes, I I predict that Timothy Fosimensa will <laughs> tear his calf and um whilst getting slide tackled by Mamalu Sako will re-aggravate his injury.
3: James James Tompkins has played at least three games in a row, so he's due a, he's
2: dura he, spot on the sidelines. <laughs> he certainly is. Don't um, at me, yeah? Don't at me. God, it, Albert's been really down with the kids tonight. Really, really down. Oh. Um and Talking of new boys on the show, Les Gill has said that um, Palace is going to lose two one. Uh, right, yeah. So Sam Albert, thanks for joining. Sam, thanks for producing. Um, we obviously have another week off now because I think is it international break or FA Cup coming up? I think it's international break, isn't it? Oh, talking of international break, is that lovely New England training kit? How about that for Palace's away kit next season? Have you seen this, Albert? I'm gonna.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: Definitely. You haven't seen it. Oh my no. god, it's it's like white with like sort of really sort of, what would you say he has? He has eighties geometric red and blue pattern across the top.
5: Yeah, it, it's it looks better than it sounds, mate. It's a thing of beauty. Whatever it is,
3: I wish Deli Ali was wearing it in that clip I saw of him a couple of days ago.
5: <laughs> I don't
2: think we're allowed to talk about that. So. Um, We'll be back in a couple of weeks where I think we'll be discussing the Spurs games. Not sure what day it's going to be yet because um, obviously that game's on a Monday so we'll have to figure that out. Um, so, until then, up the palace.
5: Here know.
1: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.